We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Off of the movie that we all know about, there's a bridge who was looking down on Whoville, and Whoville was very happy. They were singing great songs, and he had such a small heart that he just could not enjoy Christmas. So he decided that he was going to come up with a plan to destroy their Christmas. And that Sunday, I preached about King Herod when he heard about the birth of the Son of Jesus Christ. And everybody was excited and they were singing great songs and there had been all of these different appearances of angels and all of these uh, stars and all of these wonders. Uh, he became very upset, very angry. The Bible says he was disturbed. And so if you have your Bibles today, turn to Matthew chapter 2. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. Now, how many know that was not his intention? After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over a place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures, presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Today, as I preach, I have a handout that I want them to everyone to get a handout today. So those of you that are going to help with that handout, if you could hand it out. I believe we are very visual people. And sometimes we hear a message and uh, we may go home and somebody wants to ask you on Tuesday, what was the message about? Oh, I don't know. So today I'm going to give you some notes to go by. Uh, the section leaders, if you would, please come and help. Uh, we're going to give you something to take home. Because I believe this Christmas season, I want you worshiping with your families. I want you to take time to get with your families and to talk about <coughs> this Christmas story. And sometimes we need to talk about this Grinch. Herod, he said, I want you to go and when you find the babe, would you report it back to me? So that I can go and worship. Herod's heart was so small. He was so angry. And as I preached Sunday before last. It wasn't about him. Herod wanted everything to be about him. If we're not careful at Christmas time. We can fall prey to that same mentality. What am I getting for Christmas? What do I want? And sometimes we have to face the reality that we cannot all get what we want. And so then we really have trouble on Christmas Day because now all the families there, everybody's happy except you because you didn't get what you wanted. Have you ever had a Christmas where you didn't get what you wanted? I have. I have. It's a tough day. It's a tough day when you think, here's what I'm getting. I saw a commercial the other day and it, this guy was sitting there and he, he was wishing uh, for a car, a new car. And he saw that there was a gift wrapped in the corner of the, of the liver and it looked just like a car. He goes, fingers crossed. Then I saw another commercial, you may have seen it too, Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial, where these kids, it looks like a bicycle. 
And then unwrap it, and it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. No matter what the shape of the present was, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I thought about that. I thought, how many of us see things that, that, that look like, oh, this is what we want? Now, I have to finish the story the other day. I had so many people say, Pastor, you wanted an AM, FM clock radio, and you said that your mother-in-law wrapped this present and gave you a brick. That is a true story. Well, what's the rest of the story? Well, the rest of the story was there was a big box in the corner that was not given to me. But finally, her mother said, why don't you open the big box in the corner? So I began to open it, and in the big box in the corner was Sandy. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize that the back of the box was pushed up against the wall. Sandy was inside the big present, and she walks out with the AMF in clock ring. Isn't that sweet? I really thought Sandy was my present. I was like, this is good Christmas. But I wasn't old enough. We were not married. But I thought, you know, what about the people that are like Herod? We have all kinds of Grinches today trying to steal Christmas. We have all kinds of people today who don't understand what Christmas is really all about. And so today I want to take a few minutes and I want us to, to talk about what is this Christmas. It's, it's more than, than what we realize it is today. And that's what I want you to understand. Uh, number one in your outline today, Christmas is worship. Worship. You cannot have Christmas if you don't have worship. I mean, angels by the thousands were declaring peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's worship. And when these shepherds came, they came and they worshipped. And the first way they worshipped was physically they worshipped. You know, sometimes we get caught up in all the different styles of churches today. And we have churches today that, that if you walk into them, uh, you don't clap your hands. You, you don't uh, do anything demonstratively. But you do stand and you do sing. So that's physical. We have other churches that, man, they're dancing. And they've got dance groups on the platform. And, and everybody's having a great time. That's worship too. Physically. I believe that we need to outwardly worship. Whatever that means to you. And in this church we have the freedom to do whatever we want to do in worship. We have some that will come down front in worship. We have others that kind of stand there and, and have their hands clasped and their eyes are closed. And, and they're worshiping. They're physically involved. We don't have to all be demonstrative. But they physically worship. They bowed down. They humbled themselves at the feet of of the one who came to give them life. Church, I believe more than anything else, this Christmas season, we've got to worship like never before. We've got to bow down physically and say, I submit myself to you. I surrender to you. These magi were men of great wealth and great importance, but they weren't too wealthy or too important to kneel their knee and bow down and, and submit and surrender. Why? Because they knew that they were in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They worshipped. They also worshipped with their lips, praising God. I believe we need to sing out loud. Well, I'm singing in my heart, Pastor. Hey, I believe that we 
One of the reasons why we need to worship physically and worship with our lips and praise is because we need to let all of hell know what we're doing. You see, God can hear your hearts. He can hear your thoughts. But the enemy cannot. The enemy can't hear. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't hear everything. He's not everywhere all at once. But God is. He can hear it. But I believe as Christians, we need to have a big enough heart to physically lift our hands, to physically clap our hands, and with our mouth make melody to our God and praise Him and worship Him. Why? Because when we do, we begin to put all hell on notice. I am a child of God, and I'm worshiping the King of Kings. And when I praise Him, He inhabits the praises of His people. I believe we need to declare this in our homes. We sing Christmas songs in our home. We don't know any of the words hardly. How many of you know all the words to the Christmas songs? I don't. Uh, Frosty the snowman. La, 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 la. That's all we know. But we sing. We have fun. One year my wife thought, I'm going to get all the words and we're going to sing all the words right. It was the worst Christmas singing ever. We love it. Uh, Miss Jennifer said, Early, we need to sing a French song. So I sang French to her. Jean to the world. The world. You gotta worship. You gotta sing. You gotta have fun with Christmas. Amen? So we get so uptight. Listen, in our homes and in our churches, there should be the loudest singing ever at Christmas time. A son is born, a child is born, and he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is the government and everything shall be upon his shoulder. Church, we should be the loudest people at Christmas. But there are Grinches that say, hey, tone it down. Why are you singing Christmas songs for a month before Christmas? Man, we should be singing about the birth of Christ year-round with our lips giving praise to God because He inhabits. They worship with their gifts. They brought gifts of great value and worth. They were blessings. We need to bring our gifts. Uh, uh, Brother Dennis did a great job with that on purpose. The Bible tells us that before we come into the house, we are to decide in our hearts well, Grinches have small hearts, don't they? I've seen Grinches give very little and very begrudgingly. I've seen those with a big heart give out of love and give out of appreciation and they do it on purpose. This is what I'm giving. I had a lady years ago, she was very analytical and, and, and she said, Pastor, I make sure I pay my tithe down to the penny. I thought, wasn't Mr. Scrooge like that? You know, down to the penny? Would it kill you if you round it up? You know? Let's just say it's $32.73. Why couldn't you just make it $33? Is it gonna, it'll be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, because we give and we want to bless the Lord for all the blessings He's put into our life. You may say, well, God hasn't blessed me. Hey, you're breathing. You're breathing. You made it to church. We have a gentleman here this morning who this week didn't know if he's going to make it to church today. Brother Mike, it is awesome to see you today. Miss June is here today. Last Sunday she wasn't here. 
Man, what a blessing to have all of you here today in church. Why? Because God has blessed us. And we praise Him. And we bring our gifts. And we bring our gifts of praise. We bring our gifts of adoration. We bow in His presence. We worship. We worship. And they worship with their committed lives. Yes, they gave their life. They said, let's stop everything we're doing. Now, you've got to understand from the time the Magi saw the star and the time they arrived at the birth of Jesus Christ, it was two years later. Jesus was two years of age when they got there. So they had been traveling for two years to get to this place. That's a significant commitment, ladies and gentlemen. That's a significant commitment. We're going to leave our lives and we're going to follow the star and we're going to find this place where the baby is. Why? Because he is the king. He is the one that has been sent from heaven. Philip Brooks says it this way. And God descended the staircase from heaven and in his arms was the baby, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And his name was Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Wow. What blessings we have. No less commitment does God expect today. Every day, man, I'm searching after Him. I'm seeking after Him. I want to follow Him with all my heart. Commit my life to Him. Because that is worship. Worship. I want to tell you some things that Christmas is not. And we get a lot of these things all mixed in. Christmas is not worshiping the star. It's not. Some people get caught up in all of the, the frills and all of the lights and, well, that's Christmas. No, Christmas is not worshiping the star. If we worship a star, it's called idolatry. We, we can't get caught up in the trappings of Christmas. We've got to get this thing back to how big is my heart? Do I have enough room in my heart? Because the innkeeper didn't have enough room for Jesus. Do we have enough room? Are we worshiping the right things today? I loved it when my grandson said, Poppy, Christmas is not about getting. His heart is getting bigger. We've got to enlarge our hearts beyond what we want. We're not here to worship stars and bells and lights and trees and not even the crucifixion. These are all idols. Christmas is not worshiping the angels. I love the study of angels, angelology. I love all the things that I've learned. I've taught you weeks and weeks of things about angels and all the different guardians and all the different warring angels. And, and it's powerful what God has set up. But I don't worship them. Matter of fact, one angel said, listen, don't, don't bow to me. He said, you need to bow to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You need to bow your knee to the one who is worthy of all worship. Not me. Christmas is not worshiping Joseph. Yeah. A lot of people today worship Joseph. Well, what a man. He was a great man. You know why? Because he provided a home for the baby Jesus. Yes, he did. He provided a home for him. He cared for Mary, the mother of Jesus. Joseph was a great man because he had all kinds of issues that other men may have not fulfilled, but Joseph did. But we don't worship him today. We should not worship denominations. That's not worship. That's not Christmas. We don't worship different creeds and doctrines and statements. 
codes, churches, even though they may house the truth of the Savior, they are in themselves not the truth. They are just a house of the truth. Today, we need to worship God alone. Christmas is not worshiping Mary. It's not. She was a vessel of a miracle. We don't worship the vessel of a miracle. We worship the miracle Jesus Christ. She was a wonderful woman. She did a lot of great things. But she is not to be worshipped. We worship the Son. We worship the gift. We worship the one who is worthy of all worship today. And we can get caught up. Because these are things that we can see. They're tangible. We like tangible. But God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in truth and in spirit. We need to learn what worship is about. Matthew 2.12 says this, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. These are the Magi. They, they were told by this angel, told by dreams, don't go back and tell Herod. Why? Herod does not have the act of worship in his heart. His heart is not big enough. He's been grinched. It's not about him. It's not about giving. It's about getting. Look at verses 16 through 18. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious. <coughs> People at Christmas time, they're either saying Merry Christmas or they're grinched. They are mad at the world. Get out of my way. Too many people. The line's too long. Stop talking to the cashier. Get out of my way. And he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity who were two years old and under. You see, he had a purpose. The enemy has a purpose today to try to destroy Christmas. In accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah. Weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Herod thought, I'm going to kill every child two years of age and under. This will stop Christmas. The Grinch thought if I can just take all their presents, all their trees, all their lights, all their decorations, all the things that he thought was Christmas. It will destroy Christmas. But what did the Who's do when everything was gone? They started singing. They started singing physically with their lips. Yeah. Today, I don't know how good or bad your Christmas is. You may go, we don't have the money for the lights and we don't have the money for the trees and we don't have much money for presents. Church, that's not Christmas. The enemy's going to try and steal, kill, and destroy. But he cannot take your heart. He cannot take Christmas. We can still stand. We can bow. We can worship. We can lift our hands. Why? Because we're worshiping the heart of Christmas. It's not all the things. It's not all the trappings. It's the baby. It's all about the birth of Jesus Christ who came to give us life and give it to us in abundance. And that's what we're worshiping today. We can't let the enemy steal our joy. We cannot do that today. The Grinch woke up thinking everything was taken care of 
And he's like, what? They're still singing? They're still happy? Yeah. We want the enemy's reaction to be that way toward us, don't we? He's tried all year long to do everything he can to hurt us, to destroy us, to, to beat us down, to get us discouraged, to get us disgruntled and cynical and critical. No matter what happens, Job says, no matter what happens, I'm going to serve my God. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Listen, we've got to have the heart of Christmas and the songs of Christmas and the worship of Christmas because it's not determinant on what all the other stuff is. It's all about the heart. It's all about worship. So what is Christmas? I'll tell you what it is. Christmas is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that is not stopped by the enemy. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's a God thing. Christmas is a God thing. It's not about whether everybody can get together. I've asked the people, what are you planning for Christmas? And some of you have such great plans. You're going, we've got these people going from, from Seattle, Washington, down to the Gulf Coast, all the way to the East Coast in the next week or so. It's wonderful that they're going. Uh, somebody asked me in, in the greeting this morning, Pastor, pray for us. We're flying to Tennessee next week. Wonderful. Christmas is all about family, right? Getting together. But what if it can't happen? Does that stop Christmas? What if you can't get what you want? Does that stop Christmas? No, because it's conceived by the Holy Spirit. This is a God thing. God created his love in Mary for us. He created us in his image. You see, so many times we, we forget why it happened the way it happened. You see, he was born of a virgin Mary, but it wasn't for Mary's sake that he was born. Because being born of a virgin gave Mary more complications than it did solutions. Because now she's got to try to explain how she is pregnant and never having been with a man. How many of you would believe that story today if that's your daughter? That's a, that's a big whopper right there to tell. No. Because see, she was having problems. She's got a reputation to think about. Family and friends to think about. This was not what Mary would have chosen. It was not for Joseph's sake. This caused him lots of grief. He had a reputation. He had a fiance that, what? Are you what are you telling me, Mary? Seriously? You want me to believe that? Yeah. Could have cost him his whole marriage. His whole future. He's got friends. I'm sure they're just a talking. Can you believe Joseph's really buying that thing? Really? Come on. Yeah. All their friends, all their family, all their relatives, everybody. This is a big deal. And now everybody knows about it. So he wasn't uh, conceived of a virgin for Joseph's sake. So whose sake was it for? Yours and mine. Yours and mine. 
He was conceived of a virgin because of us. For our sake. So that we could believe that this is not anything to do with man. This has to do with God. This has to do with the Holy Spirit doing what man thought was impossible. He said even though it may be impossible with man, with God it is possible. It is possible. And there begins our faith, right? We believe that God was conceived through Mary. And the Holy Spirit gave birth to a son. And she was a virgin and he was born of her. That's our beginning of faith. And if we can believe that, a lot of the other things become easier to believe. So we understand today that this Christmas was about us. Born of a virgin for our sake. To atone for our sins. So that he was not conceived in sin, but he was conceived under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So that he could be born and live a life tempted in every way, yet without sin. To be a lamb who was not blemished, no spot, nothing wrong. The perfection. He was the lamb slain for our sins. You and me. So that's why he was born of a virgin. Because Christmas was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Christmas is perceived by mankind. Look at this. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. It's perceived. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I am so glad that God did not leave Joseph hanging out there. Don't you know that God will not leave us in places of doubt? He will not leave us in places of confusion. There have been so many times in my life, and I'm sure in your life too, that when we've had times to where we're confused and we don't understand why this is happening or why that's happening, I've had God come and by His Spirit minister to me. Joseph, listen. We know what she told you. But I want to send an angel and I want to show you how much I care about you, Joseph. And I want you to understand what Christmas is really all about. This thing that you've been told about, it is truly conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then Joseph began to perceive it. I understand. I get it. The Magi perceived it. The shepherds perceived it. Herod, in his carnality, he couldn't perceive. He couldn't see it, even though it was right before his eyes. He could not understand how this could happen. We need to perceive Christmas today. So much love has the Father for you and me that he sent his only begotten Son, conceived of the Holy Spirit, Christmas is achieved through prophecy. You see, this just didn't happen. Brother Dennis read a verse earlier and said, in the fullness of time. Don't you love that? When God says it's perfect, this is the right time. I love God's timing. I wish at times in my life he was a little quicker. But he's always on the right time schedule. Look at this, Matthew 1.22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 
God has this thing under control, church. What you're going through today, God's got it all figured out. You may think there's no way. He says, I've got a way to get out when there seems to be no way. Whenever you're going through things that seem to have no solution, he says, you know what? I've got a solution. Wait for me. Wait on the Lord. In my timing, I will show you. You've got sickness. I can heal that sickness. Just wait on me. I am there. I am your healer. I've got solutions for your children. I've got solutions for your marriage. I've got solutions for depression and anxiety. I am the I am. And I'm come to you today because I'm conceived by the Holy Spirit, perceived by mankind. And it was because prophecy foretold it. Listen, this thing is not an accident. I don't know how in the world that the, that the people of our societies don't see truth. But my eyes have been opened. It all makes sense. But to the people whose eyes are still darkened, they don't understand why we would have church on Christmas Eve. I'm thinking it's the perfect day to have church. It, isn't it really exciting when it gets to the last stages before a woman gives birth? Isn't that exciting? I mean, I remember that. We had our go bag, you know, supposed to carry it to the hospital, had the route planned out, and we had everything, and we was going to make it work to perfection. It did not go according to plan. I left the bag at the house, it was a mess sometimes. But still the birth happened. How much more should we come and worship next Sunday? Come into his house and physically lift our hands and worship and give praise to him with our lips and, and understand what a miracle he performed for us. Because that's what Christmas is all about. It was believed by the Magi. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. Wow. Believe. Most of the times we say believe today and people think Macy's. Right? Believe. Or we think about the, uh, the, the train. What's the name of the train? The Polar Express, you got to believe, and you got to get the bells. No, believing was way before the Polar Express. Believing was way before Macy's. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But you must believe that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. You must perceive that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We must understand the Christmas story. They believed it, and they followed. I believe today our following is only held up by sometimes our lack of belief. Well, I don't follow this far because I don't know that I really believe that God can. And so our following stops in certain places. Well, yeah, I believe that I'm a Christian, but I don't believe that he can do this. And then I don't believe that he can do this because... That's really big. Listen, if you can believe and be saved, there's nothing bigger than that. The greatest miracle of all is salvation. 
Travis told me this morning, yesterday at the children's mission, eight kids received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Isn't that right, Travis? Let's give God praise for them. Awesome. That is awesome. And who were leading these kids to be believers? Our youth. Praise God for our youth and our youth ministry. Thank God for them. Yeah, come on. Because they're not just sitting back and getting. They're saying, hey, it's about giving. And the greatest gift you can give is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christmas is detected by Herod. Yeah. The world detects it. When King Herod this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. We got a lot of people upset today. We got a lot of stores that get upset when Christmas is close to their big days. Guess what? They don't close down. They understand we got to maximize our potential. So now Christmas britches have stolen Thanksgiving. Haven't they? They've stolen Thanksgiving. The britches have stolen Christmas trees. Now they're called holiday trees. When I was growing up, we had Christmas break. Now the kids have winter break. Try to find a Christmas card that says Merry Christmas on it. Hard to find. You know why? Lots of britches who are trying to liberalize what this sacred holiday is. It's not just a happy holiday. It's not just a break. This is Christmas. This is the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ who came from heaven to earth so that we can have life in abundance, so we can have that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's Christmas. Without Christ. Yes. We are not having a happy holiday. We are not having a holiday tree or a holiday meal. We are having a Merry Christmas. To all and to all a good night. Why? Because peace on earth has come. Conceived by the Holy Spirit. We do not need the Grinches to steal everything. Church, it is time for us to rise up and to worship like we've never worshipped before. To speak out with our lips like we've never spoken out before. Why? Because there are people who are ready to believe. But they can't. Because the Herods have shut it down. Christmas is protected by dreams. See, no matter what the enemy tries to do to squelch it, God goes, I've got a way. I've got a dream. <laughs> Matthew 2.12, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another. You see, people today, they discount the church because they also discount the Holy Spirit. Wow. I love it when I preach a message and I get 20 different phone calls and they heard 20 different things of what I said. I love the fact that the Holy Spirit takes what I say and puts it into every heart differently. Because that's the Holy Spirit. I love when somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, you have no idea what that one song did for me today. I needed that. Sometimes in the service, it may just be one phrase or one song, but the Holy Spirit just brings it right where you are. 
Listen, we have a God who's unlimited. And he uses dreams. Matthew 2.13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. He said, get up, take the child, his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. You cannot kill God. Amen. And you cannot kill the spirit of Christmas. I don't care what the Grinch does. He just can't stop them from singing. Just can't stop them. The Bible says we're to take off garments of heaviness. Put on garments of praise. Enter my gates with thanksgiving. My courts with what? Praise. Yeah. I said this in our teaching on Wednesday night. You know, sometimes uh, it feels like in, in America churches, I've had this told by the missionaries, that sometimes the worship leader, whoever it may be, is a cheerleader. Cheerleader. Say, come on church, raise your hands. Come on, church, clap your hands. Come on, church, give God a praise. And I was talking about how that the church at Ephesus in Revelation had lost its first love. You see, when I have a first love, nobody had to tell me it was date night with Sandy. Nobody had to tell me, well, you better get showered and cleaned up because you're going on a date with Sandy. Nobody had to tell me that. Nobody had to tell me to drive 60 and 70 miles an hour on a gravel road to get to her house. Come on. Nobody had to tell me to brush my teeth and make sure I deal with her own. I was thinking about it all week long. Couldn't wait. Come flying up in the driveway, dust everywhere. Are you ready? Most times she'd come out the door and met me outside before I even got in the house. Why? First love. Yeah. Listen, when you still have your first love for God, nobody has to tell you to raise your hands. Nobody does. Nobody has to tell you to sing. Nobody has to tell you to clap. Nobody has to tell you to bow. Nobody has to cry because you've been waiting for this all week long. I've been waiting for this moment all week long. I've been thinking about it all week long. I could not wait to enter his gates with thanksgiving. I couldn't wait to get in here and praise my God. Why? Because he sent his son for me to die for me on the cross. What a miracle. It happened because it fulfilled all the prophecy. God was true to his word. And he said what he starts, he will finish. And I thank God today that he's going to finish the work that he started in me. And I can't wait to get to the house and pour out my praise. Come on. Hallelujah. It's worship. It's worship. I can't wait. And the difference is, come on, get up on Sunday morning. Oh. we got to go to church. Oh. We're going to be late. Good. I don't think you love it. Yeah. I don't think you're still first loving in God. Because when you're first loving with God, man, it's exciting. It's all you think about. It's your mind is consumed with it. If, if you were to see my wife's high school notebooks, she's sick, but she'll tell you this is the truth. She went home earlier. She would tell you, all of her notebooks were full of this. Mrs. Richard Dwayne Barnwell. Yeah, writings like that. Here's what she always said. She said, 
My prayer, she said, this is what she prayed to God. Can you believe this? I prayed, she said, that you would love me just half as much as I love you. Isn't that crazy? Of course I loved her, but she didn't know that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be wonderful if, if our lives were consumed with God like that today? Oh, God, I just want you to love me half as much as I love you. Whew. Oh, I can't wait to get in your presence. I can't wait. Can't wait to join and sing with my brothers and sisters. I enjoy doing it by myself, but oh, it's so much stronger when we're together. The presence of God, you are Emmanuel, God with us. And the enemy can't steal that. He goes, well, I want to get you distracted by your finances and distracted by this and that. Oh, but he cannot distract us from Emmanuel. Hallelujah. And Christmas is affecting the world. Matthew 1.20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because it is conceived in her is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It affected the world. Stars, angels, magi, shepherds. It's an old wife's tale. My mother told it to me. My wife's mother told it to her. I don't know. What you think about it, you may think they were bad parents, but they told us that if you were in a, a stable where all the animals were, at midnight, the animals would talk at the birth of Christ. I never saw them do that, but it was sure magical. Yeah. The Bible tells us that the whole earth rejoiced. It's affecting the world. And so the question I have today is Christmas, where are you? Where are you, Christmas? You see, we've had Grinches trying to steal everything. We don't have nativity scenes anymore. People don't want to put those out because it's not, you know, socially acceptable. Wow. Where are you, Christmas? The enemy thinks if he can steal let me just steal your finances. Let me just steal your trappings. Get us to worshiping other things that are not to be worshipped. Get us on our mind on everything else but the birth of Jesus Christ. If I can just keep you in a state of depression, if I can just keep you filled with anxieties, if I can just keep your mind on everything else, where's Christmas? Christmas is not in the lights. Christmas is not in the trees. It's not in the gifts. Christmas is in the heart. It's the heart of Christmas that we have to be concerned about today. And we're losing it. We've got to make sure that our hearts are big enough so that the next generation hearts are big enough for Christ. Yeah, we know the song of the Grinch, you know, his heart was two and a half sizes too small. And we wouldn't touch him with a 39 and a half foot pole and all those things. He had termites in his smile. But I've seen people today who say they're Christians. And they're grinched. They don't enjoy 
enjoy anything. They, they don't enjoy the season. I enjoy the season whether I have anything to give somebody or not. Because you know what the greatest gift I'm going to give them? It's going to be Christmas Eve. The greatest gift I give my family Christmas Eve is I take the Bible and I open it up to Luke chapter 2. And I start reading in the days of Caesar Augustus. And there's no TV on. There's nothing to distract. We all sit down around the Bible and I read the story. And then after that, my wife gets out her little book. Plus the night before Christmas. And she gives that to our kids and our grandkids. Why? Because that's the heart of Christmas. It's Jesus Christ. The heart of Christmas is giving, not getting. The heart of Christmas is worship, but it's not worshiping the stars and the angels and Mary and Joseph and all the. It's worshiping Jesus Christ. Worshiping Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me today? Because I want to have this resounding question today. Where is Christmas? Christmas, where are you? Where are you today? In Ponca City, in your heart, in your home, where is Christmas? Where is it? Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.